Okay, I am recording. I'm recording. Hang on, my microphone cord seems like it shrunk somehow, and that's not how physics works, so I don't know what's going on. That's weird. Okay, no, it was, I don't know. I don't know what's... Not, not that it makes sense anymore. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> Alright. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Hello, and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and today it is, once again, our people's choice, the monthly people's choice. It happens so often, because it's once a month, and we're just fucking rocketing through time this year. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Depending depending on what you use to count time, if you look use an unlike a normal calendar, then it's taking forever. Yeah. But if you use a podcast calendar, <laughs> where you have a new episode every single week, <laughs> and you look at the numbers slowly inching towards one hundred, uh... <laughs> Because fucking we couldn't go to our uh, our 10-year school anniversary, graduation anniversary, so we had to have something that, just to fill us with dread in the future. Though, honestly, we were kind of the outsiders. I still wanted to go see... I have very little attachment to WKC, so... I wanted to go see who was gay. Ah. Because you know more people would have. Yeah. I'm in middle school... I like I was on Instagram the other day just looking through names that I remembered... <laughs> and I looked up one guy who made fun of me for being gay in middle school, and now he's, like, the head of his local chapter of the LGBT center, so... Nice. How the turntables. Yeah. Anyways, today it's People's Choice, and you all voted for Catching Fire. It's the second Hunger Games. Two Hunger, two games. Yeah. Never watched and it. <laughs> me neither. Here, Okay, so here's the thing. My only exposure to Hunger Games is the first movie, and that's it. I have read none books. I have seen no movies beyond the first one. I haven't even read the new book that apparently came out this week, so hey, we're once again accidentally topical. Did you do any research for this? <laughs> no. Me neither. Well, here, so here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I do, like, I haven't seen or read them, but I do know what happens. I have seen, like, video reviews on the adaptations of the books, and I had my friend, like, tell me the plot of the books, because she asked if I was interested in seeing them, and I was like, I, I looked up the premise of the second book, and it didn't vibe with me, and she's like, okay, so here's every single thing that happens, and here's everyone who dies. And I'm like, cool. I'm not really interested in reading them then. Yeah. It's not something I need to experience for myself. Mm-hmm. So here's... Because you're, you're probably wondering, Tanner, why are you starting on Catching Fire? Only like, here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't like the premise of Catching Fire. I feel like it is... I mean, obviously, it's a repeat of the first one, and... That was probably Suzanne Collins' intention, but I feel like she didn't have to do that. Yeah. Because the point of The Hunger Games 2 Catching Fire is that Katniss and Peeta get to interact with the other victors from other districts and find out like what life is like after, because even when you're thrown into the wonderful world of being a victor in Pan Am, you're still like a person from the district, not the capital, so you're still like stupid, disgusting, we hate you. We only want you for your celebrity. Metaphor for reality television. This whole book series is a metaphor. Don't you understand? Yeah. It's not subtle. Like, it's well-written, but it's not subtle. Well, I think it's well-written because it's not subtle. Yeah. So, 
the way Hunger Games 2 Catching Fire plays out is that they have this thing called the Quarter Quell, and it's like, every 25 years, we're going to have a special edition Hunger Games. And so the first time we did it, it was the district's vote on who has to be the tributes. And then the second year we did it, it was we get two uh, double tributes from every district. So there's 48 people reaped instead of just 24. And then the third year is we are reaping exclusively from the victors from past games. And... Then Katniss gets reaped, and then Haymitch gets reaped, but then Peta volunteers so that he can be with Katniss because he has a heart boner for her. I mean, crush. Same thing. They're teenagers. <laughs> They're teens! What really is the difference between lust and love for a teenager? That's a good question. We'll get into that. <laughs> so they have to go, and they have to train for the games again, and they then they're in the games again, and they end up teaming up with some people who have, like, cooperated with some people... Um, like who are actually in the capital, who are like doing their best to stop the games because they're like the the, the revolutionaries. Yeah, that's the word that I'm looking for. They're they're basically they're rebelling against the capital and trying to end the games and like bring equality back to the districts. And so like it ends like near the end of the games where they just blast their way through the shield and then there's escape and then they nuke District Twelve. That's great. And then they go underground and I want to say Julianne Moore. But I'm scared that's the wrong actress. Yes, it is Julianne Moore. I was I was worried I had mixed her up with Julia Roberts. Ah. Although when you think about it, Hunger Games is really just a young adult post-apocalyptic version of Pretty Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so so I don't like that because it's so repetitive and because we just we go through the games all over again. And it's like, okay, cool, we get to have great set pieces, but it's like, this feels like it was written with a, making a movie in mind, rather than telling an interesting sequel to the first book in mind. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, okay, so I haven't read the first book, I already said that, but the first movie, I, I love the first movie, I think it's great, I think it's well made, and some people were like, I didn't like the shaky cam, and I'm like, the shaky cam's the point, because Katniss panic. Yeah. It'd be scary, there's a lot of scary shit going down in the games, of course we're gonna have shaky cam, because it's a metaphor. We're not subtle. Yeah. like Subtlety was the first tribute, and it died <laughs> in the massacre. I think, out of all the uses of shaky cam in film that is justified, it's like, this series and the original Bourne trilogy? Yeah. Though, unfortunately, it does hide, uh, in the case of the Bourne trilogy, it does hide all of the actual uh, training that Matt Damon went into, into like learning how to do these stunts. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Like just just because shaky cam is justified in the context of the work you're creating doesn't mean you should actually be shaking the cam all the time. Or or whether you're shaking the cam well or not. Yeah. Like a lot of found footage people they're going to go, "Oh yeah, we're just going to shake the cam all over the place to symbolize the the panic that's happening." It's like, "Yeah, but you have to still try and focus on something. You can't just put it on a string and whip it around the room." Yeah. There is a time and a place for shaky cam. There. Exactly. And that time and place was Hunger Games 1, and that was it. Yeah. I also, I do really like how they showed a lot of outside-the-game stuff in the first Hunger Games movie, and maybe that does kind of lend its way to why I went the direction I did with the reboot that I have in mind. Okay. Um, because, wait, did I say that? Yes, I, I said that Hunger Games 1 was good. I'm yeah. all over the place today because I just got back from vacation last night, and boy, are my arms tired. That's not how the <laughs> joke goes. <laughs> I may also be vamping because I'm worried that my idea is is not going to take up enough time. 
It's fine. <laughs> what is time? <laughs> uh, miserable pile of secrets. Okay, hang on. On the subject of time, did you hear that news report? It was like, NASA found evidence of a parallel universe where time runs backwards. And then today they're saying, I didn't look at the, the whether it was a hoax or just a misreporting or something, but I did see the headline that said, no, no they didn't, you idiots. Be and I was already in that camp, because how the hell do you prove that? Yeah, like, there is some evidence for parallel universes, but, like, that, 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 that just doesn't work. I know everybody is bored, okay? <laughs> Listen, you can, you can slam your atoms into other atoms as much as you want. <laughs> there... I don't think you're going to get any verifiable results unless a literal, like, doorway opens up and, like, alternate universe you walks out with a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, my idea for Catching Fire which also is what I was certain was going to happen in the, the rest of the series as soon as I finished seeing the first movie. My idea is, okay, so Katniss and Peeta, like, they defy the game runners, and yeah. they make it so that there's two winners, da-da-da, everyone's happy, everyone's shipping them so hard. I just realized there's probably a lot of Katniss-Peeta fanfiction in-universe in The Hunger Games. Yeah. I wonder if they have Hunger Games submit-your-own-character fix in The Hunger Games universe. I don't think they would discourage it. They probably do. They probably do. Anyway, so Candace has pissed off the Capitol and the Game Runners and President Snow and everyone. And so my thinking was that we catch up to them on their, like, their victory tour. They still have the victory tour because that's also an important part of it. Um, I can't remember if Katniss ever meets any past victors during the tour, but this would be a great way for her to, like, brush elbows with them. Like, yeah meet Finnick briefly. It's like, hello, I'm the hot one. And she's like, oh, nice to meet you, hot one. I'm the quite reserved one. And he's like, cool. Peace. Was Finnick played by Alexander Ludwig? No, he... I can't remember what else he was in. He was in Pirates 4. <sighs> and and the bad wheel... The bad disability movie with Amelia Clark, and he played the guy in the wheelchair who's uh, like... Sam Claffitt. <laughs> Claflin. Sam Claflin. Sam Claflin was in the Amelia Clark movie where he's like, I'm in a wheelchair and my life is agony, so I need you to kill me. Because true love. And she's like, this is this is the representation that the disabled community needs. And then the disabled community was like, you know, we don't usually support book burning, but... While Katniss is at a fancy dinner or whatever, some shit, they announce, like, the reaping for the next Hunger Games because fucking this victory tour took a whole ass year. Yeah. And it's like, it's time for the reaping. Oh, let's go to District 12. Da -da -da -da. All right, we've reaped the girls. Oh, what do you know? It's Prim Everdeen again. And fucking Katniss can't volunteer because she already won. And she's, like, up in the Capitol at Denny's or some shit. Yeah, that fishbowl was just full of Prim Everdeen. Yep. And then they go, go in the, the fishbowl for guys. Hey, here's a question. If you're non-binary in the Hunger Games universe, does that mean you, like, you never get reaped? <laughs> I'm they, immune! Do they, or do they add a third bowl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because here's so hey, I'll I'll circle back to the the plot at some yeah. point. But here's another thing I'm wondering: Are there any gay people in the Hunger Games universe? Because listen, you you don't get this way without some bespoke flavor of fascism. But you gotta wonder how it was executed. Because you look at the like the 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 fashion in the capital. Yeah. And this does look like the end result if you like elected RuPaul as president. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you don't elect actors. <laughs> hey, queens. Today you'll be serving Hunger Games tribute realness. <laughs> like, okay, if we're going to go on like a world building tangent, um, I would recommend to people to watch, there's this old video from the Templin Institute about how the world of Pan Am is like the worst dystopia out there and should have fallen apart within like five years. Yeah. <laughs> like they even give this one brilliant example of like, say you're from the fish district and they find like rare earth minerals or whatever. It seems like the capital's going to be like, no, if it ain't fish, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but this could like revolutionize our technology. Don't care <laughs> if it ain't broke don't fish it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like i like all the theories where it's like hey so um does every country have its own hunger games in the hunger games universe or d is everyone fine they just look at america like holy shit what are you doing that's that's why i like to headcanon that like hunger games doesn't actually take place on on earth earth Okay, it's, it's essentially a, a fantasy world where, like, yeah, th there was a before time where things were pretty chill, but, like, it was the only real country or the only real nation. Or... Just because it's easier for me to, to put it in my brain. Okay, so, now this pro... I have never had a headcanon about anything Hunger Games related, but now I'm like, okay, what if, like, this is set in, like, the far future where, like, Space colonization and terraforming has already happened, but, like, something happened to, like, the central authority. Yes, uh, that makes so much more sense. And they're just, like, that isolated. Yeah. I mean, hell, I feel like, not not the exact same premise, but I feel like I've read or at least heard of similar stories like that. I, actually, I think it's just a kind of a try-and-true trope where we had the colony, colony got cut off, colony decided, hey, you know what was great? Roman gladiator circles. <laughs> <laughs> and even the actual Roman gladiators were treated fairly decently. They were hella expensive slaves. Yeah, ex except when uh, was it King King Joaquin Phoenix? Was that even who it was? It was uh, <laughs> Commodus wanted to be a gladiator, but he was too much of a I don't know fuck boy, a fuck boy who wanted to fuck his sister in the which is actually one of the most Roman things out there. Yeah, I was about to say, like, that wasn't a deal breaker. No! In fact, it was, it was a, it was a uh, plus in their book. Like, if anything, Roman sexuality wasn't defined by gender or anything like that. It was like, who has power and who does not have power? It was defined by class and ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julius Caesar got into bigger trouble for bottoming to a Greek king than for having a same-sex relationship. <laughs> we don't care. If, we don't care if you're if if you're. <laughs> I can't. It's it's the same. It's the same joke. <laughs> 
Julius, you are a free-born Roman man. Why do you have to bottom to Greeks? <laughs> you, it could have been anyone else. <laughs> could have tracked down Mark Anthony. That would have been great. Yeah. I don't even know if they're contemporaries. Don't correct me. Just let me live in this. No, they were contemporaries, but I think Mark Anthony was younger. Mark Anthony was younger. Oh, well, then they would love that even more. Yeah. <laughs> The Romans were fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't care if the gladiators were unionized. <laughs> Anyways. So they reach into the guy's fishbowl and oh shit, it's also Gale. Because we checked District 12's Instagram or whatever the shit they have. And so oh, Katniss is friends with Gale? Okay, we'll rape him too. We don't care about PETA. It's Katniss who's the problem. Well, and, and PETA's already won, and PETA doesn't... As far as I can tell, PETA only knows his own family and Katniss's family. Yeah. PETA has no friends. He's a loser idiot. And also, like, Katniss seems to be the one with the ideas. Yeah, she has the brain cell. Yeah. <laughs> so Prim and Gale have been reaped. Katniss is like, oh shit, this is obviously a coup against me. Yeah. And since she and Gail are the most recent victors, they get to go and... Oh, and they're also of age-ish. Yeah. They were definitely, like, near the end of the age range for reaping, so I guess that means, hey, you can be trainers now. Because that's what I thought was going to happen, is that Gail and Prim would be reaped, and then Peta and Katniss have to train them. And that means that Hamish gets to chillax back in District 12. Yeah. And so instead of the training sequence being just, oh, we're getting ready to fight again and we're sizing up the competition it's so there is some sizing up the competition but like we get scenes where Katniss has to deal with oh I'm training Prim how to fight and kill other children to make sure she doesn't die Ah. the whole point of me like volunteering and sacrificing my soul and my sanity in the first book has gone out the window because Prim still has to fight to survive, but fuck, at least I'm now in a position where I can, like, help her survive. I can teach her how to shoot bow and arrow. Yeah. Although I do like the idea that it ends up being Peta who trains Prim better and Prim just, like, fucking goes ham. Because yeah. Peta's whole thing is, like, he, he's strong because he lift a flower. Yeah. And so Prim walks up with her big-ass warhammer like, I'm here to crack District 1 skulls. And then it's Katniss who has to train Gale. And hey, now, remember how there's allegedly a love triangle between Gale, Peta, and Katniss, except Gale and Katniss hardly ever interact except for, like, the prologue of the first book? Yeah. Well, now, we can actually have them interacting. Woo! Increase that sexual tension! Actually, we are decreasing it. We are taking that nozzle and we're cranking it down to zero. Because here's the other headcanon I had for Katniss. She is asexual as fuck. Nice. She is not even... Because she didn't really even have an interest in anyone. Even before, like, you could you could say that she was interested and then she just can't really cope with feelings of that kind after the whole PTSD of going through the Hunger Games and then the Rebellion. Yeah. But she didn't really have any kind of feelings like that beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I would say even, like, the rebellion and going through all that may have even dulled those to the point where she's like, fucking, okay, I'll... So here's the thing. How do I word this properly? I'm not surprised that she ended up with PETA at the end. But it's hard for me to say that she 
loves him like that, and it's hard for me to say that she is doing anything other than just settling, because fuck, this is comfortable, and at least I can live on a farm instead of having to deal with politics. Yeah, because like, I read her as being very emotionally closed off from the very beginning. Yes. And, like, there's also, she's also got the trauma of her dad dying in the the mine collapse and whatnot, but I still, I've always read her and headcanoned her as asexual, so. Yeah. I think this spawns out of the, like, okay, we'll get some alleged sexual tension beforehand, but not really that, it's just more Katniss acknowledging that Peta obviously has feelings for her because we had to do the whole fake relationship thing during the first games, and now Gale is trying to, like, get close to her while Peta is distracted trying to help Prim not die and Katniss is like he clearly has feelings for me what do I do <laughs> what are feelings and then at some point before the game Katniss will be like listen Gail I-, I know you like me like that but I don't like you like that and he's like oh because you like Peta and she's like no I don't really like anyone like that I'm just trying to get by and hey I, I-, I appreciate that everyone thinks I'm look nice it sure probably helped me win but this isn't something i want out of life yeah and he's like oh so but what if after the game she's like no no it's it's not a games thing it's just straight up i i'm not picking up what you're putting down exactly i I will never pick it up please go find someone else yeah be happy with someone else yes now i don't i don't think i have enough material to even attempt at doing the third Hunger Games, at doing a Mockingjay reboot, but I will say that I do like the idea that, hey, the someone else is PETA! Hey! (laughs) Congratulations, Gail! It's been a while, but you and Starscream are the most of the latest entries into Bicons of the Week. (laughs) Here are your jackets and your cuff jeans. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Hunger Games, from what I understand, there it seems like every Hunger Game had a bit of a gimmick, but, like, did we really need a big old gimmick? Yeah, like, I think most of the gimmicks just came from the environment they were in and yeah. the Games Master. Yeah, so maybe take some stuff from Survivor? Yeah, well, I do. Like, so obviously the games are going to happen again Yeah. in, in Hunger Games 2 Catching Fire. It's the, yeah. the Hunger Games where they catch fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and I, I like the, the concept of it where, like, the whole stadium is a clock, and so it's, like, divvied into 12 sections, and each section is, like, a different problem to deal with. Like, yeah. one of them is the birds that eat you, and one of them is a giant monkey, and one of them is just the ocean. Yeah. The thing about my version is that we're seeing it from, like, now we get to see it from the outside perspective. Yeah. We get to see it from... Katniss and Peta, like, they've trained their friends as best they can, they see them off into the games, and then, like, they go up the tubes, and they're sitting like, okay, and they've survived the bloodbath at the beginning, at the cornucopia, now we have to go, like, play nice and convince everyone to sponsor them. Yeah. Because that, that's another thing we see Hamish doing, that he goes around, he's schmoozing all the capital people he can. He's like, hey, hey, see, see those fine-looking two teens who have feelings for each other, wink, wink, nudge, nudge? For the low, low price of $99.99.99, you can help them survive. And, and then see their romance blossom. Yeah. There could also, and again, because 
we don't always have to be looking at the games and we have more opportunities to see the world outside of the games. Like we get to see the capital directly through, through the eyes of a district person where it's like before it was just, I'm chilling in here. I get a makeover and I have to go through all the press stuff and a dance and everything. But then I'm into the games after what, like two weeks. But now it's like, I'm here for probably a month and they just told me to go ham, go anywhere you want. I can go to all the Denny's I want to. <laughs> yeah. And so another part of it could be like there's so much stuff and there's so much going on that Katniss and Peta almost risk losing themselves in the decadence of it because yeah. they're just so overwhelmed and yeah. now they have access yeah. to it. It's like going to Rome back in the day. <laughs> yeah. But obviously they'd stick close to their morals and like that would just be a small part part of it. And then because they're on the outside, they do get brought into like this planned rebellion with past victors who are acting as trainers. And so people like Finnick and Joanna and the other people who I don't remember the names of because they were neither Captain Abs or I've stripped in front of Katniss. Yeah. So, but like instead of them being in the games themselves, yeah. they are the trainers. And the trainers like, okay, team meeting. Who wants to blow the shit out of this city? Yeah. Also, slight. Divergence and more to character and character. No, we're not talking about Divergent. We're talking about Hunger Games. I know, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Ryan and I had talks way back in the day about the Hunger Games in general and Katniss and people making a lot of comparisons with the Hunger Games and Battle Royale because, of course, we're all nerds. But the thing is, Suzanne Collins never knew about Battle Royale. Battle Royale is kind of a very nerdy, niche thing until very, very recently. Yeah, Battle Royale came into the public eye because of Hunger Games. Yeah, what I think Collins drew from when it came to uh, Katniss was Maximus from Gladiator. Yeah, I think... My biggest problem is that Russell Crowe had more charisma. I, I think she was more, I mean, I mentioned it before, but she was definitely drawing from just ideas of reality TV. Yeah. And because Hunger Games came out around a time where there, there was like a boom of reality TV. Yeah. And a lot of it was like... How can we best emotionally abuse these normal-ass people? Yeah. And so she took that and she combined it with, like, I mean, again, coming from Roman, I mean, the, the Panem is even derived from a, a, the Roman phrase for bread and circuses. Yeah. But, like, she combined the idea of reality TV with the idea of the Roman gladiator yeah. system and just the general classism that, hey, props to Suzanne Collins for noticing the classism a long time before a lot of other white people did. Yeah. I mean, I think most people didn't realize it until uh, this year, so. Yeah. But my whole thing is like, yeah, I, I, I get that Katniss is supposed to be very emotionally closed off and very, like, she's all in her head. But, like, this is the perfect opportunity for her to realize Prim's not going to survive if I am stuck in my head and I just have a stone face the entire time. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, bring out a little bit more Russell Crowe in her in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, actually, another thing, I'm not discounting it, I just, like, I feel like I'd be at remiss if I didn't mention, that I think I've also seen a lot of uh, autism spectrum headcanons for Katniss, mm, again, yeah. because emotionally reserved and, like, not really seeming to be interested in stuff that, um, uh, what's it called, neurotypical people are interested in, stuff like relationships and that, and autism spectrum and asexuality, the one doesn't mean the other, but they do kind of show up together. Yeah. It's not it's not unusual for them to come as a package deal. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is the same thing where like, yeah, Katniss has to kind of get out of her comfort zone 
get to the point where like she in her narration is saying i i really don't recognize a lot of people's emotions yeah and i had to i had to train myself to look the part and now i have to figure out what all these other people are thinking like go through a whole internal monologue like what the fuck is this person am i winning them over do you think do they think i'm stupid do they do are they only going to donate if i'm making out with Peta? do i have to make out with them what's going on yeah and we like we can still have the th- thing with like the the relationship going on they probably still have to fake it to make it yeah probably wouldn't have to go into the whole oh i'm worried about the baby oh yeah which i uh, i you know, I get why PETA did it in the context of the the catching fire that we did get. Mm-hmm. But then I take a step back. You know, one of the advantages from doing a podcast about Glee is that you take a step back and realize how many characters in uh, um, popular media are teens. And oh god, it's teens doing this? And like, yes, the point of the Hunger Games is to say, oh yeah, they're teens. But it's kind of like, we got really concerned over the violence and the killing that we kind of forgot. Like, oh yeah, and also PETA's saying that these they're, they're 16 years old and they're already married and expecting a child. <laughs> And again, I, I get why PETA did it, and I get yeah. why Collins had PETA do it. It's just that yeah. you take a step back and remember ages and go, that's a little woof. Yeah. <laughs> so how about we not? Yeah, I just, I mean, in my variation, I just don't think it's something that would need to be done. Yeah. Because, like, his, the whole point of that was, like, isn't it fucking tragic how now Katniss's unborn child could die unless you give us all your money? Yeah. And now it's like that. That's not really going to motivate them. But yeah. what is going to motivate them to donate is to be like, oh, oh, I just realized, oh, Peta and Candace are probably going to go up to Gail and Prim and say, listen, we know there's a five-year age difference between you two, but we feel like the best thing for you to survive is to pretend that you're a couple. Yeah. And Prim is going to go, I hate this. And Katniss is going to go, I also hate this. But I also hate the thought of you being dead. So yeah. fuck, we're going to roll with it. Yeah, these capital bitches like couples. Just do it. I will ship so many nice things from the capital to our house for you after you win this, but please, you gotta win this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, do of it course, for your cat! Do it for your cat! I will get to... <laughs> what, if, what if the personal item is her cat? Oh, they wouldn't allow it. They almost confiscated the pin because they thought she could use it as a weapon. Yeah. So, that'd be funny. She's just, or she 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 doesn't intentionally bring the cat, but like Katniss is going through her apartment and like the cat's there. She's like, what the fuck? And Prim's like, listen, it's not on the train. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I feel like I wouldn't be able to do much for the third one is because I feel like the third one would also play out pretty similarly. It's just, yeah. it's really just the middle that I feel like it could have done something a little bit more interesting than just doing another Hunger Games from the perspective of the players of the Hunger Games. I think it would have been more interesting if it was Katniss and Peeta having to watch from the outside. And then yeah. the ending, like, honestly, even the ending could play out really similarly, where, like, everyone busts down the field and they have to kind of raid inside the stadium to get as many tributes out as they could. Obviously, the class traders in District 1 and 2 are going to be like, but we want to win, and so we're going to kill everyone. And everyone's like, don't do that. that That's stupid and bad and wrong. Oh, okay. You're, you're not stopping? Fine. We'll throw you at the birds that eat you or something. <laughs> also, we even easily end with PETA getting captured. And then Gail's like, I have to rescue PETA because I took all my feelings for Katniss and just switched it onto him. And Katniss's like, okay, didn't know that you could do that, but fucking go for it. 
Like, they're teenagers and they're fucking horny. Except for Katniss. Except for Katniss. What I should say when it comes to teenagers is that they don't seem to fully grasp that, that there is a difference between love and lust. Yes, that's true. And lust is a very fleeting emotion, so yeah. there. <sighs> I'm so glad I'm not a teenager anymore. Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, as for adaptating this version of Catching Fire into a film, eh, can probably keep the same crew. Maybe not have Jennifer Lawrence, not because of like any prob- problems I have with her as an actor. I just think like <sighs> she really went with the stone face. But again, I think that was an acting choice. And like it's it's kind yeah. of similar to the Twilight situation. Everyone's like, oh, they're th- she's just such a bad actor. But no, it's just that that's the way the character was written. Like the characters are written as very emotionally reserved. Yeah. And like, because Jennifer Lawrence and by extension Katniss, she can pull out the emotion when she needs to. Yeah. And like near the end of her time in the Capitol before the games actually start, she definitely starts to loosen up for all the public appearances. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you look back at Twilight, Bella actually emotes a lot. Yeah. Um, if anything, Twilight suffers from a bad script. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think the, a, a majority of the crew and cast were trying the best they could. But yeah, there was a bad script yeah. and also just the dark specter of Stephanie Meyer flowing behind saying, characters of color don't exist unless they're werewolves. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I think with... With good writing, both in this theoretical... I'm not going to say that Suzanne Collins couldn't write this one. I think she just chose not to. I think she picked the direction that she felt was best. And I'm here saying that she's wrong. (laughs) But she could easily (laughs) write my version. It would be great. Yes. Um, And yeah, with with a good script, it would be very easy to show that Katniss, like, on her own, very stone-faced, I don't want to show anything. And in public, I'm doubling down. But then I have to get tributes. Okay, hey everybody, I'm Katniss Everdeen. And remember to click that subscribe button to my sister's Hunger Games uh, GoFundMe. <sighs> also, while while we were talking, I was checking to see how many uh, Peta Gale slash fix were on AO3. There's only 56. Mm-hmm. But the very first one, the description is a Hunger Games AU where basically Peta's bread brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> also, a lot of these are three ways. That I can get behind, too. Either that, or just we've replaced Katniss with Gale. <laughs> but they still have to do the showmance, which is another thing I can get behind. Yeah. So, as for the ending of this book, do we end on the cliffhanger of Rebellion's about to start? Yeah, Ooh. I think that is the best position. Okay. Though, can Prim survive the third book? Because... Uh... Yeah, I think I think she can, because, like, the... The point of her death in the third book is kind of, it serves the same purpose as in my version where she gets reaped, where it's like everything Katniss was working for, the whole reason she joined this and started the rebellion was to protect Prim, and she couldn't even do that. Those emotions are kind of what sets off my idea for Catching Fire rather than like the third act of the last book. Yeah. And I think like because... Again, because Candace is able to, like, rub shoulders with the past tributes as they're now the trainers and can actually get to know them in the downtime, th- like, any of those people could easily serve the same purpose as, like, a, a late-game death that pushes Candace over the edge. Even Finnick, Finnick kind of got, got a bridge dropped on him, from what I understand. He just got ate by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. 
Yeah. So I think if you give him a better, a, a, a closer friendship with Katniss and then give him a better, more dramatic death scene, then he can kind of serve the same function as Prim did. Yeah. Because um, we can't kill off any of the muted family, of course, because Katniss has to like be on her own and chill and Gail and Peter are getting together and they're going to make gay bread. <laughs> like there's orphans that need a good home. So. Exactly. And then and then Prim opens a cat shelter, and Katniss is like, "I can't speak to you anymore." <laughs> President Snow dies because Katniss throws the cat at him. <laughs> also, uh, nobody asked for that prequel involving President Snow. So here's the thing: no, yeah, nobody asked for it, but it sounds like it's written well. I'm gonna wait. Okay. I'm gonna like wait until the booktubers that I follow like bring out all of their reviews on it and stuff. Because it's pretty much up all their alleys. And I feel like the consensus is going to be, we didn't need this, but I don't mind that we have it. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it turns out. Obviously, it's (laughs) people who have actually read the whole series are probably going to be more emotional for or against the book. Yeah. Um, I have faith that the people I follow are not, like, gunning for it regardless of the situation like they 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 know enough that they can say it's not a good book it's it's a well-written book that i didn't like yeah or or whatnot or say the nuance and say yeah it's a good book but i still don't like where it's coming from i mean i'm i'm pretty sure that suzanne collins has enough like awareness of reality that she's not gonna make president snow sympathetic okay like because this is like, you can say it's his quote-unquote start of darkness, but it could just as easily be a book that's like, President Snow was a classist bastard from the beginning, and this is a book how he got all the resources to make sure that everything else was bad, too. Yeah. I, it's, it starts with him being a terrible person, it ends with him being a terrible person in politics. Yeah. Like, there's books about, uh, there's a fictional book that's actually on my uh, TBR called uh, The Confessions of Young Nero. So, just bringing it back to Rome. <laughs> I mean, Ro- Rome has been here the whole time. Yeah. That, that is one of the driving forces of the book. Yeah. Is there anything else you can think to add to the Hunger no, Games? No, no. Lions? Chariots? Uh, maybe make up some weird chimera bullshit. Let's, okay, think. What, what, what kind of mutt do you want there to be? Uh, does Katniss oh oh no okay so what if so if we stick with the same oh yeah because the original game master did get deposed in the book and the movie so then we had the new game master for the catching fire but he's the one who like was helping the rebellion but what if like one of his things like audience participation and there was like Katniss gets to witness a whole like like lo- watch us create a mutt live and you get to pick the parts that go into it and like she sees a whole twitter poll and it's like legs bird uh face frilled lizard body elephant does it need wings yes how many all of them it's just ent- entirely it's entirely made of wings and it just rolls <laughs> it's not even useful and we'll sell miniature versions as pets (laughs) all the while it's going kill me (laughs) the fucking oh no it's the the swan mass from zoo fights I was almost thinking of that one mashup of um, a dotuo and a 
uh, weeping bell. The oh, one with- <laughs> be strong, Clarence. Be strong for mother. <laughs> hey, everyone. In lieu of a friendship promo, we are asking you to donate what you can to your local bail funds and BIPOC-owned businesses that have been affected by the current protests. Black Lives Matter, always. So, Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. That's Lindsay spelled with a name. You can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Boot You First. And I would try doing the whistling thing, but I've never been able to whistle in tune. You can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, and criticisms. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. Our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay, next month is June. Which means it's Pride Month! Yay! We're all gay here. I mean, Lindsay's bi. But we say gay because it works with the cadence of the shitpost, not because we're trying to erase anyone. Yes. So next week, I'm going to be adapting something that isn't typically lumped in with like the queer book canon, but I think it should. It has enough subtext that you can work with it. It's text. Okay, it is text. Because I was yeah. going to say that like normally we add, we add additional stuff to the non-queer stuff, but this month we're taking the queer stuff and we're either executing the queerness better or we're making it even more queer. Yes. Sometimes both. Yes. So anyway, the quote I want to use for my hint is, Rage, goddess, sing the rage of Peleus' son Achilles, murderous doom, the cost of Achaean's countless loss, hurling down to the house of death so many sturdy souls, great fighter souls, but made their bodies carry in feast for the dogs and birds, and the will of Zeus was moving towards its end. Begin, muse, with the two first broke and clash, Agamemnon, lord of men and brilliant Achilles. Oh yeah, you're right, that is text. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you just said, but I know what you're referencing. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we will dunk that baby next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye.